Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Win or lose, you get an instant dub. We've got a huge game this week in Philadelphia. The Celtics and the Sixers going at it for the right to be called the best team in the Eastern Conference. That is a game that is going to have a lot of good bets available for it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code MANIX. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code MANIX. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right. As promised, second episode this week. First episode recording from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Yes, that's right. I have made it to Riyadh for the Day of Reckoning, the Anthony Joshua Autobahlin headline card, which will take place Saturday on DAZN pay-per-view. It was a very 
long journey to get here. Uh, started out in Los Angeles, went to Boston to collect my passport, went from Boston to London, London to Riyadh, got to Riyadh late Thursday night local time. So as I'm recording this, late Friday night, uh, it's safe to say that the jet lag has caught up with me. But I'm happy to be here, happy to be a part of this event, which I think is going to have some really interesting fights. Happy to once again interact with podcast listeners. Several of you came up to me at the Fight Hotel, said you uh, enjoyed listening to the podcast. One listener from all the way in South Africa listened to the podcast. So shout out to that listener who said hello at the Fight Hotel. Really enjoy interacting with you guys. If uh, you're a pod listener, you ever see me out, feel free. Say hello uh, anytime. Love to talk boxing with uh, any of you. So speaking of talking boxing, we're going to do a lot uh, this week. Darren Barker, the former middleweight champion, he joins me. He's going to be on the call for all eight of the fights that are on this DAZN pay-per-view show. This card begins at 11 a.m. Eastern, so it's an early start, 8 a.m. Pacific. Uh, the early fights are good. You're going to see Philip Hergovich in action. You are going to see Frank Sanchez in action. You are going to see Jai Apataya in action. So you're going to have a lot of really quality fighters in action early on and what are effectively prelim fights. You want to catch all of this. Darren's going to join me uh, on the show. We get into the co-main and the main event, of course. We get into Deontay Wilder against Joseph Parker. Does Joe Parker have a chance against Wilder, who we have not seen much of since that uh, second or th- second loss to Tyson Fury? We talk about that. AJ Ottawaline. We get into that, AJ. What has Darren seen from AJ over these last two fights? And how big a deal is it that AJ made another trainer change before this fight? We also talk about the Jarrell Miller-Danny Dubois fight. I think this is arguably the most competitive fight on paper because you got Jarrell Miller still trying to claw his way back into the boxing picture and Danny Dubois, who's trying to keep his place in it after two losses by knockout to Joe Joyce and Alexander Usyk. So stick around. Great conversation with Darren Barker. A little bit later, Eddie Hearn, Matchroom Boxing. I want to talk to Eddie about AJ and about everything that's happening on this Saudi card. But there's also some news I want to get into. You have got reports that Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney are in talks for their next fight. Could we possibly see Haney Garcia Sometime in the first quarter of 2024, I ask Eddie about that. I ask him about Ben Rodriguez's future, and could Noe Inouye be a part of it? Uh, you guys know how I feel about that fight, so I ask Eddie Hearn his thoughts on that subject. Then everything, of course, to do with the Day of Reckoning. AJ, AJ Wilder, all that with Eddie Hearn. Finally, Jarrell Miller. Now, Jarrell and I have talked a lot over the years. Uh, he was part of the original group of fighters that were signed to DAZN, really made his name in the heavyweight division fighting on DAZN. Then he had the unfortunate incident in 2019 where he tested positive for multiple banned substances, which scuttled his fight against AJ. Uh, He tested positive again in 2020, so he's been kind of been out there in the weeds for multiple years now. He's had a few low-level fights in a row that he's won, and now he gets a real test in uh, Daniel Dubois. So I talked to Jarrell about... You know, what he's been doing mostly over the last few years. Has he made substantive changes in his life over the last few years? Uh, his thoughts on Joshua, clearly still some tension between those two. And, uh, you know, just how he beats Daniel Dubois, who is uh, standing in the way of him becoming relevant in the heavyweight division 
once again. So you got Darren Barker, you got Eddie Hearn, and you've got Jarrell Miller. We are loaded up on this week's episode. As always, make sure you subscribe, you rate, and you review. It's the best way to support this podcast week after week. So let's get into my conversation with Darren Barker. All right, Darren Barker is here, former middleweight champion. He will be alongside me, Todd Grisham, Sergio Mora, and a constellation of stars. I'm <laughs> in, honored. In, uh, in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, for the big event on Saturday. It's headlined by Anthony Joshua against Otto Wallin. An eight-fight card in Riyadh that is one of the bigger all-star cards of all time. I've been asking a lot of people this, Darren. Like, How would you define this card? Like, Is it... You know, I, I wouldn't go as far as say it's the greatest card in boxing history. It certainly is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, event that I've seen in boxing history. Yeah, it's it's mammoth. It's huge. It's th- that kind of word. It's just a giant of a card, of a bill. Um, you know, I, re- I remember some big cards when I was younger, growing up, some real solid cards. But this, it's just, you have to remember... The heavyweight division is the marquee division in boxing. It always will be. Don't get me wrong, it comes in waves. Sometimes there's these real stars. You know, Ali, he retires. Larry Holm comes along, probably doesn't get the, the recognition he deserves. Mike Tyson comes along, then, you know, he retires. Lennox Lewis probably doesn't get the recognition he deserves. But it's always stood the test of time, the heavyweight division. And this card is stacked with some of the the best out there and um it's just a giant of a card like i'm this whole week i've just been taking taking it all in and just been you know i'm I'm proud to be a part of it Mm. yeah when you have a card where guys like philip hergovich who could fight for heavyweight title his next fight uh where guys like jaya pataya who is arguably the top cruiserweight in the world are in basically the prelims you know this is a, a deep and, and heavy card. So eight-fight card, all on zone pay-per-view on Saturday. I just want to talk about a few at the top of the bill. And, and to me, the most competitive fight in this card, at least on paper, is Daniel Dubois against Jarrell Miller. Uh, Daniel Dubois, well-known in the U.K., former title challenger, been in some big fights. Jarrell Miller, a known commodity in the U.S. for some good reasons and some bad reasons, uh, trying to claw his way back to the top of the heavyweight division. I'm fascinated by this fight. Jarrell Miller, we just came back from the weigh-in, weighed 333 pounds. He's a big dude. I don't like the weight, Darren. I'd like to see him more close to 315 like he was back in 2018 when he was fighting on zone. so he's not in peak form. At the same time, while Daniel Dubois looks great, I don't know where Daniel Dubois is mentally after two knockout losses to Joe Joyce and to Alexander Usyk. So how do you see this fight? I mean, there there are so many questions that I look forward to to finding out the answers on Saturday night. Yeah, first off, look, we can understand now why Miller threw so many shots back in 2018 and prior that. Um, He was a real force. He really, really was. But like I say, we know why now. Um, since he's come back, he has not looked as good. I question, can he still be a problem? I'm not so sure. He certainly hasn't found form, any kind of form, um, since he's come back. That makes me think that 
there's well if you're a, if you're a heavyweight out there, there there's anything to worry and I think that's why I've seen a relaxed Daniel Dubois I think he's experienced the good the bad the ugly there is this big question mark how is his commitment how is his heart and I haven't seen a fighter in Daniel Dubois that looks concerned to me I've seen a Daniel Dubois that looks confident and he's eager to hear that first bell I've liked the fact that Miller has kind of got the best of Daniel Dubois' personality <laughs> out of him, which we haven't seen, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, in, in my prediction here, I, I, f I favor Dubois. I favor Dubois because I think he's really got a point to prove. He's got to show people that he is the real door or, or potentially could be. Um, and he has to look good against Miller. I think there will be a lot of people really cheering Dubois on. I think he feels that. And I think we'll get a performance of his career from Daniel Dubois. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we were to see a late stoppage. Just Miller really struggling to, to catch his breath and just really struggling with... A pace that he can't sustain. I think he'll start fast. Miller try to be busy. I think Dubois will be busy on his feet, but I just think Miller will gas, and Dubois will take uh, take the most from it. Yeah, Jarrell at his best was like an eighty punch per round guy. He Incredible. threw punches like a middleweight. Uh, at 333 pounds, I think you're right. I think we'll see some of that in the early rounds, but can he sustain it over the course of a long fight? How, on Dubois, though, you mentioned the questions around him. Like, how, how big are the questions that you have? Like, how did you interpret those two losses? Like, the loss to Joe Joyce, you broke your orbital bone. It's understandable. We've seen guys deal with that. Billy Joe Saunders dealt with that. Others have dealt with that. And, look, that's real. That's pain. That's potentially long-term injury, uh, that's one thing. But then when you take a knee against Usyk in a fight that you were competitive in, where you had him down in a borderline, you know, low blow, close to becoming the unified heavyweight champion, to go down on a knee at that stage of the fight and to not get up. I, I don't like to use the Q word when it comes to that, but that felt almost like a surrender at that point. It does not look good. It doesn't look good. And it's kind of, I, I would say, the majority of fighters uh, would always want to go out on their shield. Um, but what is wrong with a fighter making a sensible decision? He was, he was obviously feeling some sort of pain somewhere for him to not rise from that shot. Um, and sometimes, you know, you've got to think of the bigger picture. All right, let's, let's save myself. Don't let someone else save me. Let me save myself to fight another day. And look, whatever you feel he did or didn't do, he's got this opportunity now to right that wrong. He's in another huge fight. So, look, I, the jury is out. I'm not sure what exactly went on. It doesn't look great, but now he's got an opportunity mm -hmm. here. He's got a lot of people behind him, especially the UK uh, and some people that don't like the Miller antics mm. with his past uh, shenanigans, if you like. How, how do you feel about that as a fighter? I ask Sergio this all the time. Like, as a fighter, when you see a guy like Miller getting yet another chance after 
what is three positive tests when you go back to his kickboxing days, uh, two in back-to-back years. Like, how, how do you feel about a guy like that getting another shot? Yeah, awful, awful. Um, uh, look, you have to look at the worst-case scenario. Boxing is dangerous enough as it is. The, the potential worst outcome for any fighter that graces the ring gets in there, they're putting their life on the line. And with, look, you, you know, you take in performance-enhancing drugs, you're not just running faster, jumping higher, lifting more. You're punching harder. You're, you're a lot more physically strong, as we see with Miller. And um, I think when you've got past history with it, you know, you, you should be gone. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a little annoyed, and that's why, I'll be honest to say, I'll be cheering on Daniel Dubois. <laughs> um, the co-main event is Deontay Wilder against Joseph Parker. It's been a long time since Deontay Wilder was a co-main event in any fight. you got to go back to his early Golden Boy days when he was in a co-main event. Wilder picked up a win about a year ago against Robert Hellenius, but that fight lasted less than one round. So for me, I think there are still questions about Deontay Wilder because I still don't know exactly what Tyson Fury took out of him. Those were three hard fights, two of them that ended uh, in, in knockouts, one of them ended in a devastating knockout at the end of that third fight. And as you well know, like that takes stuff out of fighters. So do you, would you go into this fight thinking there are still open questions about what Deontay Wilder, at 38, like he's 38 years old, do you have questions about what he might have left? For sure. Absolutely. I, I really do. You know, I, I've mentioned this throughout the week. The, the first thing you lose as a fighter as you start aging and getting to those twilight years in your career, is your punch resistance. But the last thing you lose, as we see with George Foreman and many others, is, is your punch. And he punches so hard. He has the ability to close the show in a split second. But, I mean, if I, if I talk about Parker now, he's, to me, somebody who is peaking at the correct time. Like, we were talking about it earlier. You know, he's only 31 years old. A wealth of experience behind him now. At the top level, a former world champion. Um, looks fantastic last time out against, yes, lower opposition. But you can only beat who's in front of you. But somehow, it seems as if his hands are faster. Mm-hmm. You see him at the weigh-in. He, he looks in unbelievable condition. And out of the two semi-finals, if we're going to call them that, AJ Wallin and... Wilder Parker, this is the potential hiccup. This is the potential banana skin that could scuffer the the chances of uh, AJ Wilder because I, look, I've been involved in boxing a long time mm. and I, through boxing myself, I can see a chink in an armor. I can see when a fighter is hiding behind words. They're saying things but they don't really mean it. Mm. Parker's not doing that. Parker is saying exactly what he believes. Mm. He's he believes he's in his prime and he believes now is the correct time not not only to be facing Wilder but for him to be facing Wilder because he's like I say he's peaking at the correct time what do you think the blueprint is for him in a fight like this because Tyson Fury created one in his fights with Wilder you pressure him you take the fight to him you don't give him opportunities to set himself and release that right hand we saw at the weigh-in Andy Lee saying we're going for the knockout Joe Parker saying we're going for the knockout. I'm not so sure I believe that, Dan. I'm I'm not so sure we're going to see Joe go out there because he doesn't really have the size for it that 
that Tyson has. Exactly. You took the words of my mouth there. You can't fight the same as Tyson Fury because he's not as big as Tyson Fury um, and, and just doesn't have that, that style. That's mind games for me with Andy Lee. <laughs> it, it's suicide, if you like. I hate to use that yeah. in, in boxing terms, but it's not a, a good tactic at all to be having a, a slugfest with one of the hardest punchers in the division in a long, long time. Um, the blueprint for me for Joseph Parker would be to, to pick your moments. Don't get greedy. And what I mean by that is, again, don't trade. Keep the, the, the output quite low with singles and double shots, but then go again. Plenty of feints. Faint, faint, faint with your hands, with your feet. Try and get Wilder to load up. And, um, yeah, fire back with quick counters. I think um, we've seen that Parker, not the most destructive one-punch KO artist in the division but packs a punch mm -hmm. hard enough for me uh, to, to really trouble Wilder but he, he doesn't have to be thinking about that early on I think look for that potentially later but just box smart do you think the Joyce fight took anything out of him I mean Wilder fights very differently than Joyce I thought Parker's biggest problem with Joyce was Joyce is suffocating mm, like he, yeah, he yeah. like Parker couldn't get away from him at times uh, it's a different fighter but he did get knocked out. It was a pretty bad knockout at the time. He's won, what, three relatively low-level fights in a row since then. It'd be his fourth fight this year, which is incredible. He's fighting four times in a year. But do you think that fight took anything out of him? Yeah, look, I don't think there's loads of miles on the clock for Joe Parker, but what miles are on the clock came from that fight. Yeah. It, it was a bloody battle, uh, one that, yeah, didn't end well at all for Parker. But... Again, I, I, I feel he would have learned from that fight. He can take some, some sort of confidence from that fight, showing heart, courage, desire, and, a, and an unquestioned will to win. And you have to remember, look, there's this emphasis that Mayweather and uh, Joe Calzaghe, uh, the likes of those guys that have this, you know, the, the O, mm -hmm. the 46-0, the 50-0, if you like, and... People are scared to lose in boxing, which is, you know, it's ridiculous, really. It's sport, you know. The greatest of all time might have 19 losses, Sugar Ray Robinson. Exactly. And he, <laughs> by the way, he is the greatest of all yeah. time, no question. Exactly. And he suffered defeats, uh, Parker. But big deal. Big deal is what you it's what you take from a defeat and what you learn from the defeat. And I just like I say, the mannerisms, the... The aura, the personality, the, the words I'm hearing. Look, I still favor Wilder in this fight. But like I say, if there is to be an upset, and it would be an upset, it could come from Parker. All right, so let's talk about the main event. Anthony Joshua against Adewalin. Um I want to ask you about AJ and what you've seen from him in 2023. This will be his third fight of the year. He wanted to rebuild this way. He wanted to be active. He wanted to get back to being the guy... He was in previous years. To my eyes, it's been a mixed bag. Um, you know, the Jermaine Franklin fight was okay. The Robert Hellenius fight up until the knockout was okay. When you look at what you've seen from AJ over his last two fights, where do you think he is heading into this one? In the right direction, and I'll say that because of the Hellenius finish. He needs to build from that instantly instantly against Wallin. He needs to get on the front foot. He needs to be bullish. He needs to be aggressive, physically imposing himself on Wallin. Um, I must say, the Franklin fight, I think, 
isn't as bad now. I think Franklin is, is a nightmare mm. for a lot of heavyweights out there. I think he's very quick, well scored, and can cause many heavyweights uh, a real headache. Um, but again, fast forwarding uh, to, to the hilarious finish, that is what we want to see. I wasn't happy or... I was a little concerned, I must say, with the way he was pulling the shots and not really committing to the shots, which is kind of crazy when you think <laughs> of the power that he generates with both hands. Not just Wilder with the right hand, but he really punches with both. Use those. Have faith in your power. Mm. And it's just that, not to get too technical here, but when you fully commit to a shot, you do leave yourself somewhat vulnerable. When you commit to a right hand, you, you rotate with the hips and you are falling over the front foot slightly and that does leave you vulnerable and he's a little concerned about missing the target and getting caught with a counter but I'm hoping that he takes real belief um, from that finish with Hellenius and says do you know what that's the finish I needed to kick on Ben Davison working the corner of AJ this will be his fourth trainer in the last five fights if you go back to the second fight with uh, uh or the first fight rather with alexander Usyk, uh you're a guy that likes one voice sergio mora a guy that likes one voice anthony's gonna have a lot of voices in his ear over the last couple of years i, I we both would agree ben davison is a top boxing mind I, I love what he's done with lee wood i love what he's still doing with guys like devin haney still contributing to to his game plans and such but I would imagine there's got to be a lot of information in the mind of Anthony Joshua coming into this fight. I'm not necessarily sure that's a good thing. Yeah, you again, took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> it's an information overload, perhaps. Uh, just too much. Too much info. But it has worked for, for some fighters. It, it really has. You know, that they may see it as another string to their bow. Uh, they, they, there may be something that they've missed out that this new coach has found something that ben davison is very um keen on is video analysis they, they have a guy in camp called lee wiley and they study opponents and they come up with so far pretty successful game plans you know they they break it down to the the you know the millisecond you know fractions uh, millimeters and uh, that could be something and i think AJ likes to take on that kind of information and it could be the missing piece to the jigsaw. Mm. Who knows? We'll find out. You're right, me and Sergio. We, we like that stability <laughs> that one coach, that trust that one coach can give you. But AJ is different from the two of us and I feel he may benefit from, mm. from working with Ben, who, look, orchestrated as part of the team, you know, um, the win uh, against Wallin, mm. etc. And look, there's, there, there's maybe something in it. It may be a masterstroke. We don't know. We'll mm. find out. You know, it's funny. Otto has been asked about how Ben Davison was in Tyson Fury's corner for the time that he fought Otto. And Otto's had a pretty good line where he said, yeah, how did that go? He got fired right after by Tyson <laughs> yeah, Fury. Yeah. So yeah, he's had some some good lines. And, and look, I think Otto's a live dog in this one. I really yeah. do. Like, he used the word or the phrase banana skin. Uh, great phrase, by the way. Uh, and <laughs> I think Otto fits that bill. And this fight fits that bill because Otto, look, I don't want to overhype the fight with Fury. He lost, right? And I think it looked better for him than it was because of the cut Fury had and all the blood that Fury was gushing and Otto spent like the entire fight trying to like 
scratch that cut off his face. It was just a weird fight. But, you know, he's a skilled guy. He's got some size to him. He's a southpaw, which we know AJ has had some problems with in the past. He's been active. Third fight this year for him. He's coming into this fight with confidence because I thought his last fight against Gassiev was arguably the best win of his career. Uh, and speaking of corners, he's got a guy, a long-term trainer named Joey Gamash. And people that listen to the show probably know who Joey Gamash is because it's a boxing show. But I think Joey Gamash is one of the best strategists in all of boxing. He was one of the architects of Teofimo Lopez's win over Vasily Lomachenko. He has been in the corner of a number of top fighters. He's going to have a game plan, Darren. He's going to have a... Whether Otto can execute it or not, we'll see. But he's going to know. You mentioned how you know Lee Wiley and Ben Davison study film. Yeah. So does Joey. And they're going to have a game plan that they believe that if Otto executes, he can win. Yeah, he's going to be a massive component if Wallin is to be successful. And Wallin, like you say, is is a very good fighter. And he's able and smart enough to adapt, which makes him a hard man to beat. We see against Tyson Fury, a very big man. He was able to push Tyson Fury back uh, through large parts uh, of that contest, regardless of the cut. He, he still imposed his size uh, into that contest. And then we see against Gassiev, he's nimble, he can move, good footwork, mm -hmm. um, nice jab, good variation with the shot. And I'm very intrigued to see the battle for center ring um, as soon as that first bell sounds. Who's going to hold the center of the ring? Will Wallin allow AJ to be the boss physically? Or will he say, no, I'm not. I know you're mentally fragile. I'm going to test you. I'm going to put you in positions and places in that ring you don't want to be. I want to shock you. And um, that, that could potentially be a worry early on if you're, if you're an AJ fan. If Wallin is able to impose his physical presence into the fight. Because I feel... AJ has to do that. AJ has to be the monster in there. AJ has to be the beast. I feel out of all of the fights on the card, this is the fight where mind games during the fight could play a massive part. Darren Barker, going to be a busy night for you tomorrow. All eight fights on that this card. This work for me, Chris. It's fun. This, Believe this me, it's fun. not. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I'd be disappointed if I wasn't called in all the fights. <laughs> <laughs> One thing you have to remember, since it's a mixed crew with the U.S. guys and the British guys, the only thing you have to remember is when my scorecard goes up there, just agree with it. It's <laughs> always right. Ask okay. the internet. It's always right. <laughs> Appreciate it, Darren. Always a pleasure. And when we come back, my conversation with Eddie Hearn. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, that's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... 
you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Eddie Hearn is the co-promoter of the Day of Reckoning. He's here with Anthony Joshua who will attempt to pick up a third straight win when he takes on Otto Wallen. You can watch the entire eight-fight card on DAZN pay-per-view. Eddie, kind enough to join me over Zoom. We were going to do this in person, Eddie, but I have been hotel hopping today. Hilton with the DAZN crew, Crown Plaza, talking to your old friend Jarrell Miller for a while. So there's a lot going on here in Riyadh today, but I appreciate you doing this over the uh, Zoom. What is this event? kind of feel like now that you've been here for a few days you were part of the press conference you were part of the initial press conference like this is a unique card where you have so many big names attached to it what, what does this event feel like it feels it feels almost like a big sort of boxing convention do you know what i mean like where the whole boxing world comes together but this time they're going to be all fighting you know like you know, when you go to like a WBC convention or something like that, and you've got every promoter, you've got lots of fighters, you've got all these teams, but now they've kind of come together on one huge night. And it's really unique. You know, I mean, you just wouldn't get this card. You wouldn't get this depth. You wouldn't get the fights all on one night without, you know, his vision of his excellency and, and uh, you know, the the vision of, of boxing in Saudi. It's really unique, you know, across the production across the promos across the filming across the vision so yeah i'm i'm excited and and for us you know although we are the co-promoter saudi arabia are obviously handling a lot of the infrastructure of the show so we kind of feel like me and aj that we're kind of rocking up not as the away fighter but to come to do a job normally all the pressures on us and aj's runs the show and you know we're like just coming out here and it feels fresh it feels really good, and we're excited, and he's in a great place as well. All right, I want to ask you about AJ, but first, I want to look back on last weekend where your fighter, Bam Rodriguez, had a spectacular performance against Sonny Edwards. Afterwards, Bam called for a fight against Juan Francisco Estrada. I've seen some quotes from Estrada where he said, I'm down for it, but let me take one fight 
in between. Um, as you start to map out BAM's 2024, in your mind, what could it look like? Yeah, look, the Estrada fight is a, is a fascinating fight. Estrada is arguably a pound-for-pound pound guy, you know, with, with his his resume and his victories. And it's, it's a crossroads fight. You know, he's at the back end of his career. Bam, I still can't believe Bam's 23. You know, when you talk about the ability of this kid, like what he's done already and what he could go on to do, just a special, special pound-for-pound pound great already. So... For me, it's the fight to make for the division. You know, you've got obviously the the Mexican fans, you've got the fans of Bam Rodriguez, and 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 you know they really, you know, doubled and trebled in numbers through that fight with Sonny Edwards. It was a fight that's been so well received from boxing, you know, of the best be the best, and it just shows you what can happen when, when we get there. And for me, the next fight, you know, Bam when he was up at one fifteen said, I want to go back down to 112. You know, really, I'm a light flyweight. I'm a I'm a flyweight. And now he's gone back to 112 for those two fights. I think he's just realised. I think it was a tough task for him to make weight in that Sonny Edwards fight. And I think he's just realised, no, I, I need to be up at 115, which is good news for boxing because we want to see him go through the weights. Mm. You know, I want to see him go next after 115, go to 118, mm. try and become a three-division world champion at Bantamweight. You know, and you see him getting stronger and bigger. And I think... Initially, I, I didn't know if he was capable of doing that. Now I do. I really think you can see him become a three, maybe even a four. I mean, Robert Garcia talked about five, six weight world champions. So the sky's the limit for this young man. So, Eddie, it was about 16 years ago when Larry Merchant first proposed the idea of Manny Pacquiao against Oscar De La Hoya. I, I would like to have my Merchant moment by pushing for Bam Rodriguez against the Monster. Noe in a way, who is right now 10 pounds heavier than Bam. But as you pointed out, Bam's a growing guy. You know, 115 could lead to 118. And we could be talking by the end of next year about only four pounds being separating these two fighters. Um, what do you think of that fight? Is, is it a fight that you think is or is and will be on Bam's radar? I mean, I feel like at the moment, obviously, Bam is heavily handicapped in that fight because... There's, it's one thing moving up the divisions to fight a world champion in those weight classes. It's another thing doing it to fight arguably the pound for pound number one. Do you know what I mean? So the disadvantages that Bam will have going up to super bantamweight, we don't mind against a good world champion, but against a pound for pound number one, it's a very, very risky fight. We all we live in a world of kind of fantasy boxing where we like to pull matchups out of the sky. That is genuinely a matchup that, given two years or something like that, I can see happening. The only other problem is I think Inoue will need to do the same to chase greatness. So you might see Naya Inoue go up to feather and junior lightweight. Lightweight? I mean, I, like I, I, I'm not. These are this is the way these guys are going to get beat. You know. When, when you look at what Lomachenko did, obviously started at featherweight, went to super feather, went to lightweight. It's not really his weight class. You know, really, he's still a 130-pounder, in my opinion. But they need to do that to chase greatness. So the only way I see Inoue getting beat, and you know, I, I really believe Akhmad Liev can give him a great fight, but probably is to go up to feather and 130. And, and that might be the same for Jesse. So if Inoue chooses to stay around, at that weight class, then given two years, why not? 
you know, Jesse Bam Rodriguez. You imagine Jesse Bam Rodriguez, who would win world titles at uh, Bantam again, would go into the Naya Inoue fight as a three-division unified world champion, trying to become a four-division world champion against the pound-for-pound, pound, number one. I mean, that's a, a monstrous fight. So for now, slight fantasy, but we like to make fantasies come true. I Nice. You're like Disney World. I, I, I think that, you know, this time next year, we're going to be having an interesting conversation about that. Because I think this time next year, Bam will be a three-division world champion and mm. in a way might still be hovering in that 122-126 range. And then yeah. that's, that's a monster event. Um, Devin Haney, uh, two weeks removed now, three weeks removed now from his win over Regis Progray. On social media, Devin and Ryan Garcia are both professing a desire to make that fight next. You're kind of at the intersection of that. How realistic is that in your mind for the next fight for both Ryan and Devin? You know what? It's, it's really realistic. I mean, yeah, Ryan reached out to me just to tell me, I, I just want to, I want you to know, I want this fight. And I really believe him. You know, when he called out the tank fight, I, I wasn't sure whether I believed, because I don't know him personally. I, I wasn't sure whether I believed that he actually wanted that fight. And I think he did everything he could to get that fight over the line. And I really believe that he will do the same in the Devin Haney fight. Since that conversation, I've spoken to Oscar De La Hoya. I've spoken to Eric Gomez. Everybody's up for that fight. Devin touches down in, in uh, Saudi Arabia today. Um, we're going to talk and we're going to present an offer after our conversations with the zone to Devin Haney. And Oscar will present an offer to Ryan Garcia. I think there's a great chance to see that fight. April, May, you know, um, it's a brilliant fight. It's a brilliant fight for both. It really is, you know. And um, an another mega fight for boxing, I think, is really possible. Do you think, you were on the show last week, and I, what you said was really interesting about how fighters need to understand what the numbers are. And you're mm. transparent about what the numbers are. Do you think when the numbers are presented to both Devin and Ryan that it's going to be enough for them because they're both going to want a lot of guaranteed money to make that fight? Do you know what? You have to back yourself, all right? You have to make sure that you have the security in the fight and uh, the right number. But if you believe the fight's as big as it is and you back yourself, that's when you hit the jackpot. And that's what Ryan Garcia did against Tank Davis. Ryan Garcia could have taken a, a bigger guarantee, right, and probably earned half of what he did in the in the Tank Davis fight. He backed himself on the numbers, he backed himself on the gate, and he made a fortune in that fight. So right here, we've got to make sure we come up with the right guarantee, but both Ryan and Devin have got to buy into the potential size of that fight because that's where they're going to make, you know, the their eight figures and beyond, you know, and the problem is when you have negotiations, but when I say about fighters need to understand the numbers, Devin does, Bill does. You said that. Right now has been a part of that process. He understands the numbers. Obviously, Oscar does and Eric does. So we're not kind of dealing with deluded individuals who have met someone down top golf who go, you should be making 50 million for this fight. I'm telling you now. You know, and then you're having a conversation with someone just going, Jesus Christ. So we're dealing with, with bright people. And I really feel confident there's a good chance of this fight happening. 
you've got a busy night on Saturday. It begins with Dimitri Bevel uh, in his fight against Lyndon Arthur, your fighter in Bevel. Talking to Bevel's people this week, they're overwhelmingly optimistic that if they get through this fight and if Arthur Betterbiev wins his fight against Callum Smith, that we're going to see Bevel against Betterbiev in the first half of next year. I know you're backing Callum to win that fight, but regardless, the winner of that fight against Bevel, is that realistic for Saudi Arabia next year? 100%. You know what I mean? That's when we did our deal with Dimitri Bivol and Saudi Arabia. You know, His Excellency had the vision. He wants that fight. He wants the undisputed fight. And you know, we, we, we've agreed to it. In essence, you know, I can't speak on behalf of Better Biev, and I truly believe Callum Smith will win that fight by knockout on January the 13th. And I believe it will be Callum Smith against Better Biev, but we'll wait and see what happens. But that is 100% the vision for that fight. And, you know, Dimitri Bivol's all in. He's been out of the ring for over a year. I expect a, a, a stern effort from Lyndon Arthur. I think he'll be overmatched against a pound-for-pound pound great fighter. And then that's it. You know, see what happens on January the 13th. Obviously, His Excellency has to do a deal with Better Biev and, and top rank. But from our side, we're committed to make that fight happen. So there's been a lot of attention paid to Anthony Joshua and his headspace going into this fight. Is he too tense? Is he too, you know, whatever? Like, is he not in the right headspace coming in? You've been around him all the time these last few days. How do you respond to that? Do you believe Anthony Joshua is in? You the know right what the mad thing is, right? This is the mad thing. So, Deontay Wilder has given interviews where he said he's gone on some ayahuasca retreat or whatever it is, right? Doing these hallucinogenic, I don't know, drugs. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's good, right? And he's really like he's opened his mind. And you're not you, but people are questioning the the mental state of Anthony Joshua just because he'd done an interview and he didn't like the guy who interviewed him because he's been slating him for two years and was a bit short. It's absolutely mental. You know, I mean, he couldn't be more calm. He couldn't be in a better place. Um, this camp has been different. Sparring just not seen this from AJ for the last couple of fights. I think you're going to get a surprise on Saturday night. I really do. I think you're going to see something quite different from him in terms of what you've seen in the last few fights. Um, I think he's going to knock Otto Wilding out. I, I really believe he does. And if he does, it's a hell of a statement because Wilding's a good fighter. You know, he, he's he's capable. You know, he's a southpaw. He's confident. But if... If what I'm seeing is right and what I'm hearing is right, AJ's ready to rip him to pieces on Saturday night, and I can't wait. I think one of the things that Deontay also seems to have lost along the way is his memory that there was an offer to fight AJ in 2019, about a $100 million offer yeah, on the yeah. table for him to take that fight. He hasn't been talking too much about that, but look, that's all in the past. And the last question I have for you is, look, we've seen all the reporting, multiple outlets now, this deal's done. March, AJ wins, Wilder wins. It's a done deal. When you know when that final bell rings, if AJ is the winner and Wilder is the winner, are we going to be talking about AJ Wilder in March? I mean, firstly, it's not done yet. Um, and I've seen reports from Coppinger and Dan Raphael, and you know, the fight is not done. Now, we're on the ground in Saudi Arabia. A lot can happen. It's now Friday. 
a lot can happen out here quickly. Firstly, for that fight to happen in March, AJ has to win tomorrow night. Deontay Wilder has to win, which is not a you know not a an absolute given. And both fighters need to come through without any injuries. You know, when you're planning for a fight that could be, what, 13 weeks away, you know, 12 weeks away, if you if you injure a knuckle, the fight ain't happening. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's really, I think, in the heavyweight division, it's hard to come through a competitive fight without a niggle, without a knockdown, without an injury. So... We'll see. There is an opportunity to make this fight in March. A lot has got to happen for that to happen. We're all committed to do it. But first things first, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. A lot of big things tomorrow night. Hopefully bigger things ahead as well. Eddie, as always, man, I appreciate it. No worries, mate. Speak to you soon. When we come back, heavyweight contender Jarrell Miller. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, that's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, look who's back. Once again... Here with Jarrell Miller. Feels like it's been a lifetime. It's Jarrell. been more than a lifetime. It felt like ages, brother. <laughs> Four years since we last saw you on DAZN. 
Now here you are back again, the zone pay-per-view. Daniel Dubois, mm-hmm. day of reckoning here mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia, looking to get uh, back on track, right? Back yeah, to kind of where you thought you yeah, were going to be. Yeah, definitely, man. We're, we're going we're gonna to put this guy in the coffin, man. Um, you know, I, when the fir- fight first got announced, you know, we look at the, the gambling odds and it was like 7-1. to one, And then after the first press conference, it was like 4-1. to one. Mm-hmm. And then after last night's um, other press conference, it's like two to one. <laughs> so after the weigh-in, you know, they might see my weight. It might go back to four to one. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, man, I tell people all the time. I said, listen, man, I'm a different breed, man. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Um, I don't stress my weight, and it's coming down the way I like it. Um, I'm looking a lot fitter. I'm looking a lot leaner. Um, my muscles is feeling full i feel good so i'm gonna park his ass man so last time we talked you did say you needed a few fights mm-hmm. to get to that kind of championship level shape i mean Correct. i assume this was just an opportunity that yeah you couldn't yeah, pass. yeah yeah yeah. we was getting ready for manual char you know we was um about 318 and then the fight got canceled i had to sort of traveling and stuff and i went back up to like 330 um uh, then we got this fight about five weeks ago and i said man let's hit the hit right back in the gym again so I'm thinking like anywhere between 320 and 330s is where I'm comfortable at. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I've been sparring 12, 15 rounds, so I'm, I'm more than in shape for this guy. Like, I, I feel amazing, so what number's not going to be a problem. You were kind of peaking back in 2019 before the AJ fight. I mean, mm-hmm. how close do you feel to being that guy again? Yeah, by the next fight. For sure, mm-hmm. by the next fight, I'll, I'll, I'll be that guy you know i was touching guys with baby punches and knocking them like hurting them like crazy you know what i mean and i realized from my last fight even with lucas brown i was just so anxious to want to throw punches that i wasn't really sitting on my shots even though i got them out of there it wasn't like one one thump punches it was like accumulation of shots you know we went back to the basics me and my coach so so we went back to this the game plan good jabs good body shot good hard right hands left hook so i'm gonna get him out of there i'm gonna hit him with one good shot he gonna be on stinky leg street trust you me you feel like you're a different guy then because the guy i remember your, your volume punching defined you you yeah, were the, yeah. one of the you threw more punches than most heavyweights yeah. out there is that guy still out there oh man the only heavyweight that threw more punches than me was adam koanaki mm-hmm. you know what I, mean? I was the only heavyweight that could kept up my punch output um yeah i still throw a lot of punches you know what i mean i just feel like in this fight i want to kind of you know place my shots a little differently because you know the um Dubois is a heavy puncher so we don't want to get caught throwing lazy punches or, or a whole bunch of punches we don't need to you know if i throw 40 punches around which is half of what i usually throw that's still more than what he throws so the main thing is setting up good shots, putting a plan of pressure, and whooping his ass. Mm. How much? What, what have these last four years kind of been like for you? I mean, look, you, to be fair, you brought a lot of it on yourself in the beginning with kind of what what happened there before the AJ fight. Mm-hmm. But how much have you changed since then? Like, what's different about you since then? Um, just, you know, a few people on my team is not there no more. You know, uh, you know, going to the proper doctors and you know, reading up about the things that we put in our body. You know, being. Uh, transparent with everything with Vada, you know, because a lot of people don't know. It's a lot of things that fighters are not aware of. Like, that's my first time testing with Vada, and, you know, you're kind of walking into this super magnifying glass of a drug test that anything comes up on a microscope, you know what I mean? Like, I ain't know what a nanogram is, and, you know, I was feeling for 0.3 of a nanogram, and there's a million nanograms in one gram, so do the math, you know what I'm trying to say? It's, 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 it's nothing, but I mean, it is what it is. You know, you got to understand the rules, understand the game you're playing. And if you don't have the fi- financial backing to help you with these tests and the doctor protocols, you know, a lot of fighters are, are going to be um, red flag. You know, I mean, that's what happened. And unfortunately, I had to learn the hard way that nobody was able to school me or help me and guide me along the way. It happened. So now, you know, we just, we, we, we dot our T, we dot our I's, we cross our T's, we do our homework, you know, we, we make sure we read the label and everything, you know, and we just keep moving. 
that opening press conference to announce this card. Mm-hmm. Incredibly boring, but I kept saying to the people I was watching with, like, wait till Jarrell starts talking. Wait till Jarrell <laughs> starts talking. And sure enough, you know, you just, you know, burst out of there. Like, yeah. how, what, what did it feel like for you to kind of be back on that stage kind of once again in I'm, that form? I mean, it feels amazing. You know what I mean? It feels great because, you know, when you're a super talented guy, you know, and you're not, you're not, you're not doing what you love and enjoy, it feels like you're wasting your time, you're wasting your life. You know what I mean? And that says, you know, this is an opportunity, one of the biggest cars that we had in decades, and just be myself. You know, this is nothing. I'm not showboating. I'm not doing nothing more than what I normally do. This is how I've always have been. And the thing about it is, and I, and, and I was praying for this back in like, I would say I did an exhibition in June. And um, I said, if this fight don't go to Emmanuel Char and, and for the heavyweight title, I said, man, I need to get to Saudi. And I just prayed on him, like, God, get me out there, man. I know they're gonna love me out there. I know I can, I know I can show up. And so said, so said, so done. And inshallah, I was like, boom. All of a sudden, I'm getting a phone call. You know, listen, man, you want to come over here and, and knock somebody out? I was like, who? You know, it was Chizora. I'm like, hell yeah. So I'm hitting Chizora up and then, and he's like, shit. So I know he wasn't gonna fight. I'm like, damn, who is it gonna be? <laughs> And then they said that Dubois turned out a Joseph Parker fight. So I was like, shit, I wonder why he turned it down for it. He's like, he don't want somebody to move so much. I said, well, <laughs> shit, I'll fight him. Sure. And he said he'll take it. I was like, oh, that's the dumbest move he could ever do because he can't keep up with me. So I was like, let's get it on. And you can still see with you and AJ, the spiciness is still there. All, all that tension yeah. that we saw in 2019 and the yeah. months before that fight was scheduled. It feels like it's all still right there. Yeah, it's still right there. You know what I mean? But AJ got a shit ton of losses now. You know what I mean? And his mindset is just totally different, you know. You know, he's talking about he's on a different level. I mean, this is boxing, bro. Yeah, you your bank account might be heavy, but I'm ranked number four and five, and you're ranked like three three or some shit. And sometimes I don't think he's ranked in WBA right now. So my thing is this. He's talking all that shit, bro. He's trying to make an excuse. You know, when guys are afraid to lose or or somebody that, that's in front of their face like I am, he's want to make an excuse up and bring up old shit. Nigga, it is what it is, bro. This is a boxing game. I do going to put up or shut up. You know, if you feel like you're not ready to compete with the big boys, then retire. You must have thought of it a million times, but... The Ruiz fight, would you have done the same thing? Oh, man, I would have done the same thing, man. He took an opportunity. You know, he made millions, whooped his ass, came back and made more millions. You know what I mean? So, let me and Andy seen until yesterday was nothing but love. I, I got no respect for the guy. He, he's all, we've always been friends. And, oh, uh, man, and, um, I'm happy to see him back as well, too. You know, so, no, nah, you can't knock anybody down, bro. It was, it was his time. God gave him his time. That was his opportunity. He took it with both hands, and he took advantage of it. You know what I mean? I, I was actually just talking to some DAZN people. You and Andy Ruiz is kind of an interesting fight. Yeah, I think it would be, but you know what I mean? Like, for me, they, me and him fight each other. Like, I feel like there's any guys that really get along, you got to put a shit ton of money up mm-hmm. because, you know, fighting game is about killing each other. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, and, like, there's, like, maybe, like, two or three guys, like, I really don't want to fight. Andy Ruiz, Joseph mm-hmm. Parker, um, and, um, you know, Adam Kamanaki. Those are, like, those are like, I consider those guys, like, brothers. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it'd be hard for me to fight. There's so many other guys to fight. You know mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say? And not like any one of those guys have belts right now. So I, for me, I wouldn't, it wouldn't motivate me to go fight them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? This is a shit ton of money. So, yeah, I think a lot of fights are interested. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know I mean, money talk. But, you know, certain fights have to wake me up. To get the best out of me, you got to put somebody in front of me that I don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm somebody that wakes me up. So you get, so you get the press conferences, you get the weigh-in, you get the shenanigans that I do. If not, it's gonna be like, oh man, I'm fighting my boy, man. I'm not saying shit. Man. Oh, if you take AJ and Wilder off the table, who don't you like at this point? Um, Dubois. <laughs> well, fortunately, you get him then. Yeah, I got him. Um, I'd have to. I don't know. You know, I, I like Dylan White, but I definitely fight. I would fight Dylan White. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Chizora, but I, I'd fight Chizora. <laughs> 
I think I think I think because if you're British, I think anybody British get this work. <laughs> the it, it was. It, it did seem like you and Eddie things thought a little bit based on the press conference yesterday. That yeah. Maybe you're not on the same page as you used to be when you know yeah, you're yeah, fighting yeah. on the zone. But yeah. it, the animosity seems to have cooled a little bit. That was my reading. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Now <laughs> we talking, giggling, we cracking jokes behind stage, and I felt like it's good. You know what I mean? Like, and it dates a business. You know what I mean? And um. I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a fun-loving guy. You know, we said what we had to say, and I brushed it off. And then, you know, on to the next. And I got bigger fish to fry. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like I said, right now, at the, at the point where I'm at in my life, it's best you make more friends than enemies outside the ring. You know what I'm trying to say? Like I said, you never know. You know, I know the zone. They need they need, they need, need somebody that can put a, put a microphone in their hand and sell events because, you know, AJ get one more loss. The zone, I'm sorry, man. Y'all done. Y'all need, you need another heavyweight like me. So we're going to see, you know, you know, money talk bullshit walk. Mm-hmm. This this Dubois fight, uh, he's been beat twice, pretty bad. Where he's yeah. kind of given up Correct. in both fights. How do you how do you t- do you use that against him? Do you think you can be the oh, kind of hundred percent? Yeah. You, you're talking about a guy myself who's throwing eighty punches in round. You know, has a chin of granite. Mean comes forward. Mean mugs guy bullies. Has some dirty tactics. And you're talking about a guy who who gets knocked out by a jab. You're talking about a guy that you know got beat up with a jab and kind of quit in his elbow and you know he got dropped by Lorena with a with a left hook three times you're talking you're talking about a guy that's not mentally all there you know what I mean and then he's never been in the ring with somebody like me you know what I mean so that's the great thing about when about Big Baby myself is that there's no spawn partners that you can actually get to mimic me you know mm-hmm. I've heard it a million times and you know he spawned with a guy I think um can't remember his damn name a 340 pound heavyweight from England and um and I was watching some of his fights. He fights nothing like me. He's just a big, big, fat guy. You know what I mean? And I was like, he's 4-2-1 and one or 4-1-2. and two. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, that's what he getting in the spar? I'm like, oh, my God. I'm really going to fuck him up. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, a, I'm just a guy that's just built different. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm athletic as shit, especially when the, when the occasion uh, makes me wake up. I'm going to be moving on him. You know, we're going we gonna to stick him with some good shots and then run mm-hmm. him over. And this is the fight that brings you back. If you win this fight, not, not if, brother. When you when you call me, brother, you know when you call me, Chris, you say, "Listen, man, baby, after you win, we back." <laughs> after you win, this is the fight that brings you back. Yes, yes, bring us back because you know you want more interviews. We back, <laughs> we back. You know you, what I'm trying you, to say? You've got to be. You know what's happening with AJ Wilder. Yeah, they yeah, both yeah. win that fight. It's yeah. almost locked in for March. Probably a two-fight deal. Like, what's your path to that? I, I don't think that fight is locked. It's not 100 percent locked in. They, uh, I think it's fi- probably at least a, one. It's a two-fight deal. Yes, I believe that. I think this is one and the next one. It's a two-fight deal. Mm-hmm. But their fight with them together is not locked in. You think? No, I know. Because I just know money talks, man. Money talks, but that fight ain't locked in, bro. It ain't locked in yet. I think they've both signed it. Nah, ain't like, signed shit yet. Nah, I'm pretty no sure they both signed it. Nah, nah, they ain't signed no fight yet. My my sources trump yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying. Oh, oh, where, I'm Eddie saying, told you. Oh, no, no, shit. no, I'm not saying Eddie told you. Oh my, shit! No, no, no. Eddie said that shit ain't signed yet. No, so no, know. I think it's it, well. If it's not, look, I I think it's they're both gonna fight. Like there's too much money in it. I don't know what the dollars number is, but there's too much money in it. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. Well, I hope one of them lose, and I get it. So, fuck them. <laughs> Drew, good to see you again, man. Glad Likewise. to have you back fighting. Likewise. Thank you, brother. Take Appreciate care. you. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Darren Barker, Jarrell Miller, and Eddie Hearn for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And I'll see you next week. Thank you so much. I go sleep. 
It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.